Hey Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. Emily, tell me all about it. Patty, Devry, I don't even, all I can say is that going to Los Angeles to see Rachel York and Grey Gardens was the best decision. I'm glad. I am like, I honestly, honestly do not even understand, know how to process or like comprehend the level of dumb luck that I am, like, able to stumble my way into because I, like like I said, uh, I think last week or maybe the week before, when I purchased this ticket, like, I went through every single date and picked the best seat from every single performance. Right? right? So, like, I was sitting, my seat was the second row, dead fucking center, and the people in the front row didn't show up. Ugh. Like, that is literally the best seat you can have. That's crazy. Being in the second row and no one's sitting in front of you. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I wasn't so close that my neck hurt. Like, Rachel York was, like, a nice, comfortable, like, four feet away from me. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And do you know what? Tia is, like, really freaked out. She just walked away from me. (laughs) And you know what? I I don't know what I had been looking at because I said, you know, it was this time of year that I went to see it. Um, And I thought it had come up on my time hop, but it didn't because I literally saw it a year ago the day you saw it. No shit, really? Yeah. Whoa. That's so cool. I know. I think I had just been like looking through Instagram and was looking for something and I must have seen like the photos that I posted and that's what had been in my head. But that morning yeah. I was like looking at Time Hop and I was like, oh, shit. That is so funny. Oh, my God. It was just like I don't. I mean, you saw it. So yeah. like you understand how fucking incredible those women are. And like Rachel York's. Oh, my God. Rachel York. Her interpretation of that character is like like I fucking obviously we love Christine Eversall. Right. right. And, like, I only saw the tape, but you saw her. But, like, Christine mm-hmm. Eversall, like, inhabited that character, that human, in such a way. And, like, that's what Rachel York does. Like, she inhabits characters mm-hmm. in that same, you know, they're, like, of that type of performer. And, like, oh, my God, just... It was really interesting, actually, because at after the show, there was a talk back that I went to. Yes, and, I love a talk back. <laughs> right? And um, somebody asked Rachel a question, like, about building the character or something, and she said, like, is which is actually something I've heard her say before in, like, interviews and stuff, that she finds her characters by starting with their voice, which, if you know anything about Rachel York and her performances, like, is no surprise to you that, like, she finds her characters through her voice, because she's right. such an amazing impressionist. Yeah. So, like, her voice, obviously, of Edie is, like, incredible. Incredible, Like, it's so dead, dead, dead spot on and perfect. And, like, they talked a lot about in the talk back, her and Betty, actually, about how they want to, like, bring real humanity to these characters because Mm -hmm. they're often, like, laughed at and caricatured um, and not respected. And, like, both of them talked about how, yeah, like, that was one of the, you know, things that they really wanted to bring to it. And, like... I feel like when Rachel was performing Another Winter in a Summer Town, it's like all of that, like, kitschy caricature things that Edie does that she does so, so, so well mm-hmm. that makes her larger than life and, like, like absurd. And then you hear that song from her and it, like, 
makes her so fucking real. Mm. And obviously, she, like, it's Rachel York. She's, like, like just dying tears. Like, tears just, oh, my God, like, streaming down her face. And, like, me in the second row, as soon as she started crying, I started crying. Like, just sobbing, sobbing, tears. So, oh, my God. Like, one of the hardest times that I've ever cried in the, in the theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so amazing. I don't know how I'm so lucky that I get to see these, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, she was literally standing all the way downstage center, like, five, four feet in front of me for the entirety of that song. Ugh. Ah! That's amazing. It was so incredible. I wonder. See, I'm curious about that because the theater at the Bay Street Theater is sort of a thrust stage. What's it was at the Amundsen, mm. right? Is that a yeah. more is that like a proscenium stage? Yeah. It mm. is. I wonder how that was different then. And because hmm. it was thrust, like she did some scenes from within the audience. Oh really? They didn't have anything like that at this production. And when Betty Buckley sometimes would like be calling her like the window that she would be calling her from was like up like on the aisle almost mm. like right by where I was sitting. And I was like, Hey girl. Oh my God. That's amazing. No. Yeah. This was, this was like, like a traditional, a traditional presentation. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. But Rachel York is just, <laughs> Oh my god, she's so fucking incredible. Well, I'm so I really glad you like, got to I, see it. Me too. Oh my god, I just I feel I I don't like I'm so fucking lucky that I was able to take that trip. Like I was so it's so fun. Like I was so devastated last summer not being able to see it. I was like so upset and really like had to do like. A lot of really difficult, like introspective work to be like. You need to be okay with missing this. Yeah, you need to be okay with this. Well, and maybe so this upset. is your reward for that. I mean, not that I necessarily <laughs> believe in. Like, I don't think it was like right, right, destiny or whatever you want right. to call it. Neither but, like, of us believe in that kind of. Yeah, and I, I know you don't either. But so that this was just a. a happy coincidence that because mm. you did that hard work, this was the payoff and maybe the payoff would have been under many other circumstance, like seeing Rachel York do a different show or, you know, whatever it is right. that, uh, Man, it just solidifies more and more. So in my brain, every time I see Rachel, that she's any just your favorite. I have, like, I have to see her. She yeah. is one of the, I just think that the way she inhibits like or inhabits characters mm-hmm. is on like on such a fucking different level than so many other performers and it's such a pleasure to watch it's so fucking real like it's just so palpable what she can do and and especially especially that what she's doing like especially with with these two characters that she plays mm-hmm. that she's not even really utilizing her vocal power like hardly at oh, all. Oh yeah. Like, bar- like barely utilizing what what she is capable of. You Absolutely. Know? And and she like does such an amazing job of doing those voices, and like yeah. But but you, it's amazing what like I don't know if you saw Barbara Streisand and she didn't like hit all her top notes or like Adina Menzel seventy percent whatever it is like right. it's disappointing. But when you see a performer who uses <laughs> like. Like forty percent of what they're capable of, because it's just not even required for the role, right? And they, you still walk away being like, "Holy shit, that was one of the best performances!" Incredible, incredible, incredible! Mm-hmm. Like that is just so amazing that she does that. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, in this show. Oh. Was the rest of the cast the same or similar? Or I like don't some know who was, was um... in your cast. Let me go grab my playbill. Okay, Josh Young was Kennedy. Oh, who Josh Young? Yeah, Josh Young. Oh, 
He was uh, good. His Matt, Kennedy was good. Yeah, I bet Matt Doyle was. Matt Doyle. Mm. And he was great. Um, his, I have to, to say that um, Josh Young's, Josh Young's Kennedy was, like, really, really good. I thought he had, like, he had the voice perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he had the, the look. And then in the second act, his Jerry was really hilarious. Like, oh. he was giving, he was, like, giving me a, the bit of camp that I needed from him. And oh, I was great. really about it. I was like, Josh Young, camping it up. All right. I love that. Yeah, it was pretty good. And then Brian Bat. Oh, uh-huh. He was George Gould Strong. Sure, that he makes was sense. George Gould Strong. Howard McGillan. Oh, I love Howard McGillan. Yeah, he was great. How was he? Yeah. He was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian Bat was was obviously I'm sure. also fantastic. Yeah, really, really, really funny. The kids were okay. I don't know if they were local talent or I don't. I don't. I just like um, pulled up the old think, um, like website or whatever and was looking at it. I don't know where my program is. Um, I don't know. I think these two girls were, these ones were local. They were fine. Yeah. I mean, those roles are, they don't have a lot to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, any other thoughts? What about Betty Buckley? Oh my God. I mean, she's fucking Betty Buckley. Yeah, that's true. She's Betty Buckley. I mean, she's she's amazing. She's great. Like, she did talk in the talkback. She talked very passionately about, um, I don't know, like, finding the character and portraying them and, like, giving life to them and having, like, talked to a little, you know, she was like, I don't necessarily believe in, like, spirits and stuff, but I think that we're doing them justice that's good. Okay. So you what you did something else when you were in LA. That what did I, was podcast uh, what related. Was, what else? You went I to visit something. Related? Oh my god. Uh, that's funny. I had so many plans of so many things like I was gonna go to the cemetery, see all those dead ladies and stuff like that. Yeah. That did not end up happening. Um, but the one thing that I did go see <laughs> was I went to Amy Semple McPherson's church. Amazing. That she built in Los Angeles. Oh my God. It was <sighs> really cool. I have to say it was right next. It's right like across the street from this park. That was really pretty and yeah. cool. Um, and yeah, it's like, I don't know. It was really interesting. As I was walking up to the building, there was like four young, like teenage preteen boys mm-hmm. who had like a, a hose and like some brushes and were like scrubbing the sidewalk outside. And I was like, is that some sort of like you get your volunteer work and you're like scrubbing yeah. the the concrete outside the church. I don't know. It was really weird. Um, And there's like some plaques outside that I took pictures of, which were cool. And there is actually an adjacent house, like a house that's attached. That was where she lived for a long time. And it's like a museum, but it's only open from 1 PM to 3 PM. (laughs) So I was not able to go to it. (laughs) I know I was kind of bummed. I was bummed because of the way LA is and how the transportation is, which was very frustrating when I was like, when I got up on Wednesday and I was like, okay, there's this few things that I want to do and see. And maybe if I had done them in a different order, I could have done, like if I had known that that place was there, I would have gone to it between one and three, but I went there at like 11 (laughs) a.m. And then I was like, oh. I climbed, I, I, t- I did a hike to the Hollywood sign. Mm. What were you going to say? Sorry. I was just going to say, why is it only open from one to three? <laughs> I That's it. Would Maybe guess they just are doing just services like the rest of the day that they really need to focus on. Well, yeah, it's probably like, you know, it's probably like one, one congregants like pet project. Yeah. And they're like, Nancy, yeah, you can have your Amy Semple McPherson (laughs) Museum adjacent to the church, but you're the only person, like, you have to manage it. And she's like, okay, so when I get off work, 
at noon, I come over and I open it up for two hours and then I go pick up my kids. Like, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it must be, that's what I'm assuming She's the situation Nancy. is. Yeah, girl. Make I wish I could have schedule. <laughs> but I do hope that I, um, I certainly never plan on going back to LA for any reason unless it is necessary. Very oh, necessary. Minds have not been changed. No, certainly not. Los Angeles is a terrible place. It's a horrible town. I do not like it. It's so it's hard to navigate. It's so spread out. You can't walk anywhere. Like I mean, you can, and I did. Like I did walk places. Like I had coffee. This will only make sense to LA people, but I like had coffee in Silver Lake, and then I walked to Echo Park. Those are which I think neighborhoods it, I've heard of. Yeah, so I think, like, I mean, I don't know how many miles it was because I didn't look, but it was, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I walked for, like, an hour. Yeah. I also wasn't in a hurry. I don't know. Sure. But, like, it's just not... Uh, don't like it. Okay. I think everyone in L.A. thought that I was homeless. <laughs> I mean... I, like, to everyone's credit, like, because of the way I travel, like, I pack, like, one backpack with, like, a cup, like, one change of outfit. I mean, I was only there for three days, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, like, I'm, I only wore sandals, and then when I decided that I wanted to do that hike, I went to DSW and, like, bought a pair of, like, $20 sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I had... Like, you know, I have my backpack with, like, my jacket, like, like strung onto my backpack and, like, my shoes, like, on a carabiner in the back. Yeah. So I can understand why people might think I was homeless. <laughs> L.A. is a very snooty town. Mm. I've n- Public still transportation never sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. Um, well, I saw a couple of things this week. I went to the American Psycho concert at 54 oh Below. Oh, my God. The 7 so o'clock sorry, one. Patty. That's all right. Emily was supposed to come with me. I really screwed the pooch on this one. stood up. I know. I'm so sorry. I feel like a real fucking idiot. That's all right. Uh, also because, like, earlier in my shift, like, literally... Earlier in my shift, my coworker, we had been like looking at something on the calendar, trying to figure out if we needed to like pull o- coffee if it was old or not. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at my calendar, and we happened to be clicked on like next week or something like that. And and my he he was like, "What's this?" And I was like, "Oh, American Psycho concert, blah blah blah." And we talked about it. And I That's like so weird I because it like shows up like look. On my calendar. This, on, yeah, like it showed up uh, this week on your calendar, which is why I didn't remind you. Because if it's on your calendar, I I think there. that I I think I literally just space cadetted because yeah. I like in my brain I was like it's next week, it's next week, gotcha. and it's no, it was yesterday, it Emily. Was. You missed it. You were at work. Well, and I also remember having a conversation with you about getting my shift covered, and then I got other shifts covered, and then it just, I was, I don't know, I was focused on Rachel York. Yeah. I was stoned, I was in LA. Well, so it wasn't, I mean, it was an American Psycho concert, but it was American Psycho, the cast of American Psycho sings the songs of Duncan Sheik. Yeah. So it was from Wait, Duncan Sheik's shows. Spring Awakening. Yes, list. Uh. There's two Broadway shows, Spring Awakening and American Psycho. And then he's done some other things. He did a musical version of Because of Win Dixie. So they sang some oh, songs from that. I've like vaguely heard of that. The lyricist he worked with on that was Nell Benjamin. Who worked on Legally Blonde with Lawrence O'Keefe? <gasps> so a uh, fucking fantastic lyricist. Yeah, she's also married Durf. to Lawrence O'Keefe, so that might be why they oh, worked I together. Didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? They did some of his pop cover, or like his pop songs. Um, Ooh, like what? Well, I, I recognize his one. pop songs. I mean, he has one pop song that is like his big pop hit. And then the other one oh. that they did 
uh, I recognized, but I, I don't know that I was like, oh, this song. Like, I didn't know all the words to it, but I was mm. like, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember this song. But his big hit is Barely Breathing. The chorus is, I am barely breathing and I can't find the air. Don't know where I'm going. Imagining you're there. Sound familiar? No. no? Well, no. all my dreams came true because <gasps> Alice Tripley sang it. Ooh. And. Was it incredible? It like, because it's like white guy with guitar, 90s pop song. But then ah. Alice Ripley is singing it. Yes. And it, they didn't really change. Like the arrangement was pretty similar. It was maybe a little slower to give Alice Ripley space for her Alice Ripley phrasing. But yeah. it was, you know, pretty similar sounding. Uh, and it just really made me need, like, an Alice Ripley Sings the Hits of the 90s cabaret. Ooh. Uh, and I started coming up with a playlist for her. And Oh, my God. You're hilarious. I need it to happen. Because I was sitting there being like, I'm going to make a joke about if Alice Ripley sang Barely Breathing. And then she did. <laughs> Like, I was like, there's no way they can get through this concert without singing Barely Breathing. (laughs) And then it was clearly the end, or close to the end anyway, because the waitstaff started bringing around the checks. Oh, the checks. And Alice Ripley was up there by herself, and I was like, (laughs) oh my god. And then the, I should know the name of the music director, but I don't, was like, when, you know, they approached us to do this show, I was like, yeah... But in my mind, I was like, the only way I'm doing this show is if Alice Ripley sings this song. And then they did Barely Breathing. And I was like, this is amazing. That is awesome. It was great. (laughs) That's so great. And Theo Stockman, one of our faves who won a Schmazy Award, he sang Left Behind from... Uh, Spring Awakening, and I was crying, crying, crying. Um, It was great. It was a great concert. It was a fun concert. I mean... It's awesome. Did they sing anything from American Psycho? They did. They sang the opening, and Mm. um, Benjamin Walker was not there, unsurprisingly. What a bitch! So, David something something... Let me look his name up. But he, I think, was an understudy and also was, like, one of the three friends. There was, like, Theo Stockman and then the gay one, and he was the third one. Okay. Uh, So he sang the Patrick Bateman stuff. Nice. And then Uh the guys did the card song. Yes! And then two of the ladies who I think were ensemble members, but also understudies, saying you are what you wear. I love that song. And then Alice and Jen Damiano sang that duet that they sang about, you should marry Patrick. Mm, Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then they did the closing. Cool. I think I think uh, that those were all the songs that they did from that's that. That's awesome. His name is Dave Thomas Brown. And then Drew Moreline, who was Paul Owen, was also there. But, uh, you know, he didn't sing any. He was in the ensemble, like, doing vocals and whatever. Mm-hmm. But he sang, he sang one of the songs from Because of Winn-Dixie, which was really great. Oh, cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a fun concert. And I like, if you weren't paying attention, because I don't think I realized it until later that it was American Psycho sings the songs of Duncan Sheep. It was before I got there, but mm. it was maybe when I got the reminder email or whatever right. from 54 Below. And I was like, oh, like if you didn't know that that's what it was, you might be like, what? <laughs> Why are they singing Mama for me? <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and there were a lot of like, um, a lot of big fans there. I was going to say like, are there, were there lots of like super fans? Yeah. Yeah. 
It was like a, a good young crowd for a 54 Below show, but then also mm. some people that probably like wandered in or whatever. Um, it was fun. Nice. Oh, and Duncan Sheik came up and sang uh, a Randy Newman song. What? He was like, everybody's been covering my song, so I'm going to cover something. It wasn't like a funny Randy Newman song. That's hilarious. It was like Short People or something. Oh, my God. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. She, I don't know, something about a woman, unsurprisingly. Um, Cool. uh, It was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, sorry. They do have two more shows tonight, as in Monday, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it day of. Mm. So if you're not doing anything tonight, go check it out at 7 or 9.30 at 54 Below. Feinstein's 54 Below. Nice. And then, not something I saw live, but a TV show I watched. I watched that American Greed about Rebecca. Uh, Was there any new information in this piece, stuff you didn't know? Well, there was a lot I didn't know, mostly because it was about the guy. It was about Mark Houghton, who did, you know, perpetrated this scheme. So it was about his entire career, which was basically being a con man. Like he was a, you know, a trader and he like lost a lot of money for people by doing shady, shady things. Hmm. And it was like, it was pretty fucking sad. I mean, they interviewed some of these people and they, you know, had, it was like this one family especially had the dad was like a fisherman for years and years and had a successful business and it was like he owned his boat and then when he retired he sold the boat and the business for like three million dollars and then they met this guy and they put him in charge of all their money and he lost everything like i don't know that i can explain it because i i understood it the way they explained it on the show but like he was moving money around in a way that made him money and lost his clients money right right what I don't understand is like how this guy kept do like, like Rebecca happened when Google existed. So I don't know why you wouldn't have been able to find out some of this information Uh, on him. And I do, there was one, there was one thing that the, I guess it was, um, the lawyer for, uh, Oh God, what's his name? The lead producer Schechter, Mm. um, was like, I mean, I don't know that he thought to look into it too much because Mark Houghton's job was to get them money. We weren't paying him money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was getting investors for them. So at the offset, there was really, there was a small, I think he got like $7,000 or something because it was just sort of like for starting expenses. Right, right. So it wasn't like a big paycheck for him. And then in the end, even after losing millions of dollars and shuttering a Broadway show because he was lying, he only got like $17,000 because the other money he got was from, um, he like submitted expense reports for a safari. He took this, this investor on who ended up you know, being the fake guy who died. Real person. So he got reimbursed for that non-existent safari. And then that initial like start money that he got, like the $7,000, like that's it. That's all he made. I don't know what he was. I don't know. Like (laughs) that is just some like, I don't know, sociopathic, like, I don't know what he thought he was going to get out of that because he wasn't, Seems like he was like, just really. I don't desperate. know what the scam was there. Well, yeah, exactly. I don't think there was a scam there, and and maybe he thought he could turn it into one or whatever. But anyway, he went to jail. He's in jail. His yeah. wife uh, is awaiting sentencing because she also like she, they had all these shell companies that mm. she was the you know president of, and they said that she went with him to one of the backers auditions Hmm. for Rebecca and like another woman who was supposedly this like made up guy's niece. Hmm. So like, unless she was really duped, 
but it didn't right, seem like she possibly could have been because she was like signing checks and things right. for companies that you're obviously Damn. not a president of. It was crazy. Like, I don't, I mean, I know people like that exist and hmm. that's not the crazy part to me. It's the, the fact that he like seemed to get away with it for so long and then hmm. was going from like, before it caught up with him, which obviously eventually did, but not soon enough where then he was going from like firm to firm to firm. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. You, you love catch me if you can. That's true. I do love catch me. How did he, that he was like a child (laughs) and he was like cashing airplane checks. (laughs) He was, I don't think he ever, well, I don't remember. He made his own checks. He like had that like check making machine. Right. Eventually. First he was just like got himself the uniform and then was riding along pretending to be a pilot because you can hop flights. Right. I thought that's what he did pilot. do. Well, then, then I don't know if he cashed. I don't know. Well, in the movie, he like takes, he has like, like a bunch of checks and then he like, right. Changes them to make them look like their paychecks or something. Like he gets all something those stickers like, yeah. off the airplanes. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what makes it more understandable in that day and age, though, is like shit. Like I was talking to my dad something about you know like how white men are just trusted or whatever, and my dad said that mm-hmm. when he was sixteen and went to go get his driver's license, like permit. He went with his dad, my grandfather, to the DMV and was like, he, this is my son. He needs a driver's permit. And they were like, okay. And like, (laughs) didn't, like, they didn't like look at my grandfather's ID. Like they didn't, like, they were just like, great. What's your name? Well, let's write it down. Like they just fucking took them off, took them for their word for it. Yeah. Like What? That's crazy. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, yeah. Maybe it still does in some counties. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, then that's what I was saying that like all of this happened in the day and age of Google. So, right, right. He had that's gotten why. some press already for his like shady dealings. And even though you weren't giving him money, you were asking him to get you money. Wouldn't you also maybe think if he did come up with that money, but I, I would hope that you would care where it came from. Well, but I also think that like, I mean, just from like the Vanity Fair article and stuff, I mean, I think that I forget what his name is. The lead producer. Mark? Oh yeah. Ben Schechter. I think he was like, just, he was desperate. Like he wanted to put the show up. Like he had a vision for the show and loved the show and wanted to make it happen and was like getting desperate as well. And like, just, wanted it to happen and wasn't gonna you know it's probably like one of those things where he was like i should probably look this up no i can't what if it's wrong what if it's bad like well that's why you should look it up and they also talked to karen mason and she (gasps) was just like this was gonna be it for me oh god karen mason that's that's heartbreaking oh i still want rebecca to happen I mean, he's so determined. He's so determined. I so wish I could see it. Uh, it's too bad. It really, it no. really seems, it really seems like oh, there is Sprecher. an open. Ben Sprecher. I was Sprecher. so close. Sprecher. Yeah, I, that's a difficult name for me to remember. I, I, uh, I don't know. I still feel like there is an audience. Like, I still feel like you could put it up in a small venue for a short amount of time and and I mean you definitely can I feel like it's even if all of this hadn't happened it's a little uh it's a little Dr. Javago which is to say on our end not a bad thing because we loved it but not necessarily the kind of show money on it the, the kind of show people will revisit but not the kind of show they'll take seriously as a new show right so I don't know 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems, I mean, I, sure, like, I'm like, they could still do it. Like, sure, they could put it up and have a small audience. Are they going to recoup the money that's been invested? I can't, probably. I don't, I have no idea how they would possibly they do that. They also kept saying, um, Kevin, Ma- Kevin, Karen Mason, and they talked to another actor whose name I can't remember, but who's very familiar to me, um, and they both were like, and Sprecher's lawyer too, they were like, they had a million dollars in pre-sale. Hmm. Which is like, not that great, probably <laughs> considering whatever the budget was going to be. Right. And like, that sounds like a lot to people who, they can say that on that right. show. Right, and don't like, know that the, sounds like a lot of money. A million dollars, that's like one week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever their running costs would be, a million dollars probably was not going to cut it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do think, I think there's a lot of um, genuine, hopeless optimism surrounding Rebecca. So (laughs) that is a big factor. We'll see. It was really interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can watch it online. You probably, it's, it was a CSC, CNBC show. Mm. One of the things that I keep and, like, oh, sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I was just was saying, thinking about like the optimism thing. Like I remember listening to, was that, was that like a, maybe it was just in the Vanity Fair article, but something with, Sprecher? What's his name? Yeah. Sprecher? Sprecher or Sprecher. I don't know if he does the the full German. But he was talking (laughs) about the show like when he saw it for the first time in Europe and was like, like he was like, it's so good. It's so good. And like, his lawyer was like, he was like, like, that too. Because I guess he didn't want to be on the show, but his lawyer was like, he saw it and was like, this is the greatest. I gotta bring this. It was the first time he was going to be lead producer on anything. Yeah, like he really truly believes that Rebecca is like this very groundbreaking, like amazing piece of theater. And I haven't seen it, but like he equated it to Phantom. And when I listened to the recordings of it that I have, I understand that. And Mm -hmm. I understand how if you put the show up in maybe even in 1990, it would be that. Well, that's but what that's I mean. It's not the kind of show. Like, it's not it's not new, fresh, innovative, right. and, like, crazy amazing in 2016. Right. right. And it, there's no way we're going to, that's going to happen. No. It's not like next year they're going to be like, wow, Rebecca's groundbreaking. Fuck Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton's old news. It's not innovative. Look at this we love Rebecca. People show. Rebecca. <laughs> I just want to see Rebecca. You know what he? You know what could really turn this around is if if they upped the camp factor and leaned into oh, yeah. that. Yeah, they have to go. They have to go the other way. If they like, lean, they have to that. like lean into it. If they leaned mm-hmm. into that and mounted like a production or something, like then maybe you could, like, yeah, you could get something going. Yeah. All right, let's get down to the stories. Uh, there's a ton of stories this week. They're all pretty, you know, pretty quick though. We've got a big announcement: Cynthia Revo and Joshua Henry are doing a last five years concert. <gasps> Tickets go on sale on Wednesday, okay. and I want to go. I and they're go. not they're reasonable i mean depending on it how many people try to get their hands on them the oh cheapest tickets god. are 50 bucks 50 dollars. oh my god we have to like buy them when they go on sale don't we i know it's gonna be like uh in sync refresh refresh <laughs> refresh <laughs> it's gonna be like so, Aaron to bait at 54 below uh, yep and i didn't get tickets to that uh, you would have been uh, so unhappy at that performance though I'm sure it would. It was. I heard it was like a little unbearable. The audience. So that's silver right. lining. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I really. I 
Oh, you love the I last five this. years, and I those love the last are five two years. of the greatest performers of our time. So I love it, and like, do you know what I love about it? It's a like, okay, it is a concert. So a lot of times people will feel more comfortable doing non-traditional casting in concert settings than production settings. But I'm hoping this opens the door to uh, Jason Robert Brown being less of an asshole about this show because from what I've heard, he doesn't want to license it any other way. Than white people? Not necessarily white people, but certainly a man and a woman. He won't license, like, he won't let you license it. He won't license it gay? No. Why? I, because I don't know, because it's his story. I mean, and mm. on some level, I sort of understand that. But on the other level, it's not actually your story. Mm. You've created a s- different story inspired by your story. Right. There's no reason, especially to and women. Also, I mean, you don't even have to change, like, names. All of it names. is blah, blah, blah. Art is universal. Well, right. And so this is why I'm hoping it's an opening to him seeing more in his work like Mm. as much as that's ridiculous i think that would be a way for him to have to look at it and be okay with it Mm. you know what i mean yeah i would hope i would hope so that he would make choices a little better choices yeah Hmm. uh so that's happening yeah i want to yeah. I'm not yeah. even the a whole huge, internet I'm exploded. not even a huge, yeah, yeah, that's fucking true. And I was going to say, I'm not even a huge last five years fan, but uh, those people, yes. Mm. Yeah, right? Yes. Also, like, well, the music I, would, itself. I think that, like, uh, I'm, it's hard to say, like, against type because we only know one thing from her, but for Cynthia, I'm like, ooh, that's exciting. I want to see her. It is, her isn't summer it? summer in Ohio. Right? Be a little, like, kooky? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. And to hear her, like, oh, my God, her still hurting is going to be so beautiful. And oh I'm actually God. crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be amazing. Okay. Um, I just I just had a moment. Uh, <laughs> all right. So more announcements. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory has a theater and dates. When? It's going into the Lunt Fontaine. Oh. And it starts performances March 28th with an opening of April 23rd. Cool. Do we have a cast? Well, just Christian Borrell. Mm, right. Who will be doing double duty on Broadway. Right. Uh, The Keen Company is doing Tick, Tick, Boom off Broadway. Cool. That's exciting. That's going to be in the fall. Mm. And right now we only have casting. Uh, Nick Blamer is going to be in it. In, I'm assuming, the Jonathan Larson role. Or as I called it earlier, before we were actually (laughs) recording, the Lin-Manuel Miranda role. Hilarious. Uh, I want to see that show again. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I, uh... I want to be interested to see how I, w- I would think of it now because you know, I was younger when I saw it before and I'm closer right. to 30 now. So maybe yeah. it will all of a sudden have new meaning. 90, 30. Yeah. Cause you're turning 30 in 1990, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> 30, 90. I mean, Wait, that's what, what year am I gonna, I'll turn 30 in 2018. Two years. <gasps> Getting yeah. up there. Oakley. I can't wait. I've waited my whole life to be in my 30s. <laughs> That's funny. Something we can't see. Well, I guess we, I don't know. I texted my sister as soon as I saw this announcement and asked her if she was going and she never responded. So I got to find out. But Norm Lewis is going to be in Man of La Mancha in Seattle. When? 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 In October. Fuck, October. I know. I don't have any reasons to go to Seattle in October. And it's like going to probably a busy month, you know, lots of things happening in October. Oh, that's amazing. I know. God, his impossible dream. I can't even. Oh, my God. I love Norm Lewis. (laughs) That's so awesome. I wish I could go. Me too. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe he'll do it again somewhere else. It'll be so great that he'll be like. That would be awesome. Wait, where, where's he doing it? 
Fifth Avenue. Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I, I hope. I hope it. Ha- I hope. I hope it has legs. That'd be great. Come to Broadway. Mm-hmm. Just come to the tri-state area. Yeah, tri-state area would be perfect. Actually, uh, we have. More- wait, when does it run till? Only the month. It's of only October? like the month of October. Damn it! God damn it! Yeah. I think my family is like, we're trying to figure out Thanksgiving and I think we're actually, we're all going to, we might all fly to Seattle. We're trying to figure out if it's easier to fly the whole family to Seattle or try and get my grandpa, my grandfather out to New York. Mm. So, Mm. but uh, Thanksgiving's not in October. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bummer. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see if we can move Thanksgiving for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we got additional casting for Sweet Charity with Sutton Foster. Mm. Uh, I've only seen this show once, so I don't remember who any of these people are. They're all but prostitutes. Schuler, well, right. But Schuler Hensley is playing Oscar, who I, I think maybe is the man that she likes. Hmm. I don't know. But then I don't some know of the, the show other people... I just know right. that they're prostitutes. Uh, some, she's a taxi dancer. Some, <laughs> uh, while some of the other people we know, uh, also probably prostitutes, are <laughs> Asmaret Geber-Michelle. <gasps> I love her! Emily Paget. Love her! Oh my god! And Nika Graf-Lanzaroni. Oh my god, right, yes! Duh, I saw that mm-hmm. on Twitter, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, also, Joel Perez from Fun Home is going to be in it. Oh my god, love him too. Yeah. How exciting. I mean, I'm still concerned. I should probably, we should probably just buy tickets to this too. Because it's mm-hmm. going to be in like, you know, one of those small theaters. But I do think with this cast like I don't know if it's just the idea of it is just for this venue do you know what I mean no this seems like a like a potential transfer cast oh to Broadway yeah um, I mean, I guess it would all depend on Sutton Foster, but that's, you know. Right, right, right. I would love that. Let's do this it. This is a pretty stacked <laughs> cast. They're like good, like great ensemblists and great mm-hmm. like work, like working people. And Shuler. Yeah. 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 Everyone loves Shuler Hensley. Sure. <laughs> Loved him in Young Frankenstein. Yeah. That's my, that's my guess and my hope. Um, I'm here for it. I'm curious to see Sweet Charity since I've never seen it. But uh, yeah, I just and I don't that really sad, know sad much of the of music. Mm. Yeah, I think Hey Big Spender is maybe the only song I know from that score. Uh, Bravest Individual, you might recognize. Maybe. Doesn't sound familiar. Like, it's not one that I could sing, sing for you, but like when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, write this song. Hmm. Uh, let's see. More Newsies news. Newsies news. So it's going to be screened in movie theaters, as I thought. There's no actual information about that yet. Um, but they're working with, like, fan- Fathom Events. And they're recording, as state- previously stated, in L.A. And joining Jeremy Jordan and Le- and Kara Lindsay are Ben Fankhauser and Andrew Keenan Bolger. Yay! Oh my God! Mm-hmm. That's exciting. It is exciting. Andrew Keenan Bolger. Yay! Well, I'm just fucking ecstatic that they're filming sure. newsies. I'm sure. Obviously. Do you, ca- do you have like a countdown clock going? Well, they don't have a date yet. They are filming it September 11th, I think. But well, like, they don't have an air date. No, because they gotta edit it or whatever they're gonna do. I guess if right. they're filming it only one night, I wonder how many cameras are gonna be set up in that theater. Hmm. Also, how awesome if you just like happen to have tickets for that date? <laughs> yeah, I or mean, it's like, like what it's, if it's the like kid if who was like playing uh, Davies' parents were supposed to come that night? 
And they're like, sorry, Ben Fankhauser's playing Davy tonight. Oh. I do feel, I mean. Get them tickets to another performance. No. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But we talked about that last week. We're like, it's so exciting that these cast members are coming back. But it's also pretty shitty for the, you know, for the ones who've been playing it for the past year on tour tour or Mm -hmm. whatever. Oh, well. Them's the breaks, kid. Yeah, that's show business, unfortunately, guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here's a thing that I wanted to share with you. A little surprise, because I think you're going to be really excited about it. So, Atlantic Theater Company is doing uh, at least what Playbill is calling a musical play about a rock and roll gospel singer called Marie and Rosetta. And playing the famed gospel singer, Sister Rosetta Tharp, is Keisha Lewis. Oh! Oh, my God! Oh, my God, we have to go! Oh! And playing Marie Knight, who I don't know what the story of the play is, but, you know, the title is Marie and Rosetta, so playing Marie... Mm. Is Rebecca Naomi Jones. Holy shit. Oh, my God. We have to go. Holy shit. Oh, my God. We need to go early in previews so that I can perhaps see it multiple times if necessary. Holy shit. Oh, my God. It's starting at at the end of August. So (gasps) I'm going to go ahead. Atlantic? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. Holy shit. Those two voices. Are you kidding me? Gospel? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They're going to be singing gospel? Have you listened to Keisha Lewis's gospel album? I haven't. Oh, my God. It's called WWW. I forget what it stands for. But something okay. about God. Do you want to hear the production notes? <gasps> yes. Sister Rosetta Tharp was a legend in her time, bringing fierce guitar playing and swing to gospel music. Tharp was the queen of race records in the 30s and 40s, a woman who played guitar as passionately as Clapton, who performed mornings at churches and evenings at the Cotton Club, who was a big enough star to fill a baseball stadium for her third wedding, but ended Mm. up buried, uh, of course, in an unmarked grave in Philadelphia. Marie and Rosetta chronicles her first rehearsal with a young protege, Marie Knight, as they prepare to embark on a tour that would establish them as one of the great duet teams in musical history. Oh, my God. Can't wait. Got to see it. Going to see it ten times. All right. That sounds amazing. Oh, God. I can't wait. That yeah. reaction was everything. I'm like glad that's, that I held that. I like holding things from you and getting like your raw reaction on this podcast. Because it's I mean, easy like, for us fuck, to get like, really oh, excited oh. about things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're like, oh, right, or whatever. But just the immediacy of being like, what? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I had, oh my God, that's so yeah. exciting. Keisha Lewis, I love her. Mm-hmm. I was late wearing my Leap of Faith t shirt today. Oh, God, lost. So oh, good. Her voice is insanity. Well, and more great lady news. Patty Lapone and Christine Ebersol's musical oh War Paint. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is so the most excited. successful musical in Goodman theater history. Which, like, really, literally, like, like you, like that means that it's coming, and that means we get to see it. Like that means we get to see it. Oh I'm yeah! So happy. I'm so okay. excited. When I was in Chicago to see Kate Baldwin and The King and I, and I saw the posters for that yeah. show, I was legitimately like, "Holy shit!" what am I doing that I'm like, I love Kate Baldwin and I'm so glad I'm here, but like, how do I get back here? Like, cause I well, need right. to see And this. I'm going home over Labor Day weekend uh, and it ends on Sunday. So like when, when I made those so plans, I was like, gross. Oh, when does this end? Oh shit. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so, so glad. Like, are you fucking, mm. The concept of that show just sounds awesome. Like, I am just here. I am here for the stories about ladies. Absolutely. Last thing, we do have a rumor about a potential director for Frozen. And it's Stephen Daldry who did Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot. Billy Elliot. 
Interesting. So there's a little bit of like like interesting directing choices and I you know what I think having gotten rid of Alex Timbers but going with Alex Timbers in the first place Stephen Daldry makes sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean where yeah. like mm-hmm. there was enough interest in Billy Elliot uh but also some is pretty standard musical yeah. theater. Mhm. Yeah, 100%. So. They were like, we're going to get lot crazy. Of, and they're like, no. Yeah. He did we'll a lot of interesting safe. things. Like, I don't know, those big crazy puppets. I don't know if that was his directorial vision mm-hmm. or whatever, which is a little Disney, but also they were a little grotesque. So that right. was like a more English sensibility, which I enjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe more on the Mary Poppins side of a live Disney show. I don't know. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see. We'll see. When I was That's in LA, I saw posters for for like like Frozen the Experience at Disneyland. Oh, right. Well, cuz there's like a million concurrently running Frozen shows. <laughs> Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update. Carolee is in her final week of finding Neverland. It's true. It closes on Sunday. Sad stuff, guys, but she's posting lots of fun instas. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun. Some dub smashes with all the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the one where she snuck up to the balcony mm-hmm. of the Love Fontaine. So cool. I love mm-hmm. that she did that. I know. Like, Carolee, you just posted a video, like a bootleg. she just posted a bootleg on her instagram well they uh, were like now you can take photos just not during the show so i guess it's okay oh it's funny it's funny it's so funny no i know i like that and i must have missed whatever one happened before but where she was like oh i guess this is a thing i do now i like go places i'm not supposed to (laughs) oh so great also, I feel yeah, like so that is such a beautiful theater, but I feel like being in the back of that balcony, you must be so far away. Uh-huh. And I I think <laughs> I think I've only ever sat in the orchestra of that theater. Oh no, no, no. That's where Motown was. Yeah, it is so far away. We're we're literally so in the last row of that balcony. Away. Yep, I take awful. that back. I take it view. back. Yeah, no. It is a it beautiful like... view of the theater, but not necessarily of, of the, the show. show. <laughs> right. Yeah, you get a nice view of the the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for the Audrey McDonald tweet, tweet of the week. On August 11th at 12.06 p.m., Audrey McDonald retweeted Laura Benanti, who said, doing a little research with her husband, Patrick Brown, coming this winter, hashtag baby Earl Brown. And Audrey's comment was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hearts, playdates, please, and four baby bottles. <laughs> ah, they're going to have babies at the same time. That's pretty cool. That Audra. Audra and uh, Will Swenson and Laura Benanti. Uh-huh. And, and Annalie Ashford at some husband. point. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All these Broadway babies. I know. Crazy. Ugh. It's great. I mean, so, you know, the, the stars to us and, like, this, um, you know, social media has let us obviously, like anyone else, see into everyday life more of these people that we sort of know but don't, you know, mm-hmm. aren't actually friends with or whatever you may think. And um, I love seeing them interact. That's one of my favorite things, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and also because, I mean, Laura posted that thing not that long ago about having miscarried yeah totally and then everything that audra had to go through with her situation it's mm-hmm. just good to see everybody right now happy healthy loving each other yeah absolutely and they should do baby the musical maybe the musical <gasps> <laughs> can like yes. they do a tag team the story goes on Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I love that show. I want to see it. Yes, revive it. baby. Like, like songs from it. Mm. 
54 Below sings Baby the Musical. Mm, I feel like they... Probably. No, I don't know. oh god the story goes on fuck that song remember when carolee sang the story goes on that video of her that video of her series crazy it's on youtube everyone go right now that's our show until next week you can follow us on twitter at at patty the letter n emily patty n emily you can follow us individually at patty with y and at emily faye oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching patty and emily be sure to subscribe to us on itunes rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show send us your topic suggestions questions dreamcasts etc and in the meantime go Go see live theater. theater